There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz, mama of three, author, and creator of Mama Rising. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with the world's leading experts on how we can support and value motherhood differently and mamas themselves dedicated to changing their own definition of motherhood all through the lens of the world-changing understanding of matrescence. Thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of the movement. Welcome back, mamas. When you think about the experience of becoming a mother, it is a very out-of-body experience at times. You think you know what you're stepping into, you've read the books, you've prepared, you've done everything you can think of to be ready. But when it begins, it can feel so different. And we let our heads run away with us. We let our minds go back and forth. We worry about things that aren't there and we worry that there is nothing there to worry about. This is such a common experience because the truth of it is it's very hard to embody such huge changes like this. It's very hard to stay grounded when so much of what you thought you would be and do changes. And this is the truth well beyond birth so much more than just that first experience of motherhood. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Sophie Birch, the mama coach. Sophie is based in the UK and has incredible experience working with new parents, pregnant women, and new mums. In her experience, staying grounded and using very strong mindfulness techniques has not only helped her process some pretty big things in her own motherhood experience, but also so much with her clients and mamas and new fathers over the years. I love this episode because once again, Sophie brings the complex changes that we experience in motherhood well beyond birth into a really practical understanding. How do you ground yourself when there is so much going on? Enjoy this conversation. It's a beautiful one. Sophie, I am so excited to be having you on this podcast. It should have happened many years ago, but welcome and thank you for doing this with me. Thank you so much. Exactly. I've been really looking forward to having this chat with you. We are both extremely passionate about changing the conversation around motherhood, supporting mothers and parents differently. So I really want this conversation to just be an exploration of what's happening in our world, how far we've come 
let's have a moment to celebrate some of the things that we are making a difference in, but also reflect on what we still need to do. So for the very rare number of listeners who don't know your story, can you just start with a brief background of how you've ended up here working in this space and what has led you to this moment? Thanks, Amy. In summary, because it's quite a long story, we might be here all day. So I'm Sophie Birch, also known as the Mama Coach. I'm a mother of four boys, uh, twins included. And I was told in my 20s that I couldn't have children. That was the beginning of my journey. I used to be a singer and I also worked in the film industry and film production and was very much, once I'd been told I couldn't have children, very much of the idea that I wanted to be a career girl um, and just go 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 for my life and have fun and make as much money as possible doing the, all the things I love to do. And then I met my now husband and nine months later we were pregnant. So about turn, luckily along the way, when I was something that I've always loved to do and very influenced by my own mother actually is complementary therapies. So I'd trained as a sideline actually in aromatherapy and holistic massage. And I used to do that for all my friends and family and loved it. So I did have something to fall back on so slightly because once I was six months pregnant, the producers I worked for kicked me out and said, off you go, you, you can't work for us anymore. And I had to reinvent myself pretty quickly. But luckily I had yeah, the aromatherapy and the massage to fall back on. So I had my first baby 15 years ago and it was a very traumatic experience. I'm not going to go into the details, but it definitely wasn't what I had been expecting. Left me reeling and it, that was my first experience in neonatal intensive care at Christmas. So that was really good timing as well. Um, and got home just feeling a shell of my former self mm. with a very distressed baby on my hands and not really knowing anybody because I'd moved in with my husband when I was six months pregnant into his place in London. So everything was very new and I was just trying to find my feet. Um, my parents were living abroad, so I didn't have any family nearby. And uh, the only thing that I was desperate to do that felt really natural for me was this connection. I needed connection. So the massage is actually what I started to do with my son. And I went to a baby massage group and loved it and thought, I can teach people this. This is going to be good. And I started to feel a lot more connected to him as a result. I still wasn't particularly well. Um, and a year later, I was I was actually diagnosed with postnatal depression and PTSD. But in that time, I trained in baby massage and I really got stuck into running a, a little business doing that and loving it and really seeing how it made a big impact on the people in the groups as they were coming as well the moms and the dads too and how they were with their babies and I really therapeutically for me that was tremendous and then I uh, fell pregnant with my second baby and was about to put myself in for a cesarean section because I didn't want to go through the hell that I'd gone through the first time around and a friend of mine told me about something called hypnobirthing which I thought was a real hippie thing to do <laughs> and <laughs> 
and I and I found that um, you know she she really took me into it. She was a particularly good friend of mine, still is, and uh, and I thought well, she could do it. Then so can I. Let's give it a go. And within the first few hours of sitting in that session, the woman that was teaching the hypnobirthing courses was actually a midwife herself as well and the penny dropped and I realized all the things that had gone wrong what I could have been doing should have been doing and would have been doing and and I thought okay so I think I can I can make a difference this time round it was really amazing how the fear was reduced significantly fear of giving birth again and what I decided to do was to actually have a home birth because I realized that my fear of being in the hospital again was really significant and that might get in the way of me having a better birthing experience second time round. So I went through a bit of hell with the hospital because they were trying to make me go in there and have give, my, give birth. But I, I, I said I would prefer to be at home. Um, my husband was very supporting, although I know he was quaking in his boots, although he didn't <laughs> tell me at the time. And I had a beautiful home birth, hypnobirth with my second baby, which was particularly healing. Mm. Um, and at that moment, I said, if I can do this, then I'm going to show this to other people, too. So I trained really quickly in hypnobirthing and started to run my own hypnobirthing sessions. So I created a little cottage business with hypnobirthing and baby massage and started to look into mindfulness for parenting as well. Did some training in that and and really started to, to, to love this new me, this new role, this new identity that I had. And it felt right and it felt really bonding, really connecting, very therapeutic as well. And it still does 15 years later. Mm. So I then a few years later was uh, I trained also in in hypnotherapy, hypno-CBT and more mindfulness and started to help people who were experiencing um, negative births or who were really not finding the transition into parenting that easy, who perhaps were struggling with anxiety, with depression, with a whole host of perinatal mental health disorders. And I looked into specializing in perinatal mental health and I did a lot of training and reading up on all of that. And that's where I found myself years later when I was expecting twins. And in my twin pregnancy, I then um, we had a very rare condition called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, which is life-threatening. And it was a particularly traumatic pregnancy. And with all the skills that I had, I still needed a lot of help and support. And there wasn't much out there. But luckily, I was able to to ask for therapy. I had some hypnotherapy and I had some CBT as well that helped me through that process because we were having weekly scans each week. They were saying that it might be uh, a different story from week to week, we might not have the two heartbeats, etc. So you can imagine wow. it was pretty stressful and scary. And obviously, I had two other little boys to look after and a business to run and everything else all at the same time. So it was hard to be to be grounded. And I thank my lucky stars now that I had the, the tools to, to be as rational minded as possible. But it wasn't easy at all. And then I had them by cesarean section um, early. Uh, They were born at 33 weeks. 
and they had to have a long stay in NICU as well, which is the neonatal intensive care unit, which I did not want to ever have to step through the door of again and had no support whatsoever from it was all about obviously all about the babies. So it's another reason why now I focus so much on supporting parents and parents to be through every birthing situation and specifically I'm looking at creating more training for professionals on how to support parents and NICU parents as well. Mm. But so I'm now an author, created a mindful guide for early parenting, focusing on all parents' mental well-being. I'm on a mission to bring mental well-being practices into the lives of all parents perinatally, because I know how that affects the family unit. It is a family affair as far as I'm concerned. It ripples out for many years in our children really are affected by this too in their form- formative years um our as you you know so rightly say our matrescence really matters yes. and we need to take ownership of this now for ourselves if we can't have the support there if we don't have the village around us then it's something that we need to step into ourselves take responsibility for build resilience and so much nurture and learn new ways to nurture ourselves and that's something that you know has taken me 15 years to craft and learn and I'm still on my journey of recovery myself and still on a journey of learning But now I train people in perinatal mental health and well-being as well as obviously the parents. I train professionals and parents. And in a nutshell, that's where I'm at right now. It feels it feels right. It feels good. And listening to your story, even though I knew it, just to listen to it so compact and, and clear in that way. You know, it really does make me think that every experience is leading us somewhere that we don't even realise it's leading us somewhere. Like what an amazing um, preparation for you to be able to do this work in this way. Mm -hmm. But now, 15 years on from that first experience, you are in that industry and I know even just today you've had some very exciting conversations to bring these things to the surface. Do you feel... That we are in a different place than we were 15 years or we're, I'll, I'll preface mm. this question by saying here in Australia we've just um, hosted a number of screenings of Birth Time, a documentary that's been made about birthing in Australia and yeah. uh, just how wrong we're still getting it in many ways mm. by focusing on the medical birth and focusing on the safety and um, well-being of the baby and not and forgetting that we need to also focus on the well-being and the mental well-being of the mother on the other side of the birth. And yeah. so uh, it's very front of mind for me that, yes, of course there have been changes, but, my goodness, we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I, that, that is, I think, you know, a global situation actually and I think for years perhaps we've been focusing way too much on the medical side of things although obviously that's there for a reason that the systems are almost in place to ensure that the journey is easier or more convenient for the medics to do their jobs 
maybe we took the eye off what mental and emotional elements of of being pregnant and and um, giving birth and postnatally what that means to parents how that looks like because we certainly don't seem to have the support there in place we have better sort of specialist services available here now the nhs have just said that they're going to be opening up 26 new perinatal mental health specialist hubs but that is only still going to be addressing those who are presenting with what we say moderate to severe and psychological symptoms. Mm. So that's still to me, as far as I'm concerned, and this is where I've created Beyond Birth, for is for those who are not deemed specialist enough. Yes, <laughs> in, exactly. And there are thousands and thousands of those that really just need a whole heap of compassion, TLC, being heard, being held and being reassured. <laughs> Maybe we just haven't got the funds for that to do mm. it. But, you know, I I think that there are there's still a real kind of us and them culture between the public services and people who work privately and that I am working really hard at, and you know, the conversations I've been having today with people who are working, re- working really hard to do more kind of joined up working with those services and making sure that we work safely for the parents and the clients, the patients that we have, so that everybody is feeling cared for and guided through rather than a kind of what I'm calling, what's my word at the moment, is discombobulated system that seems to just be cha- being a, doing a bit of a headless chicken impression, really, at the moment. And, mm. it, you know, it varies so much. I don't know how it is with you, but it varies where you are as to the services that you can access and what's what's available to you, really. Oh, so, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree. And there is a lot for us to do, but, you know, we are there. We're having the conversations. We're, we're bringing yeah. it to light as much as we can. Can I talk yeah. to you about, uh, for the mamas that are listening, I want to pull out something that you said about when you were preparing for the birth of your twins and mm-hmm. despite all your tools you know, all the things that you have invested and studied and worked on, it was still such a scary time. And you said, I just needed to find ways to be grounded. And I just wanted to pull that out because I thought, ah, that's such an important term that you used. But I would love for us to explore what that looks like for a woman whether Mm. she's having a dangerous and complicated pregnancy or whether she's just pregnant (laughs) because we need tools around grounding in this time what does Mm -hmm. that mean to you when you think about both when you were pregnant with your twins but now when you work with mamas and and fathers and parents and and partners what do you mean that we need to be grounded going into this yeah I I talk about grounding as in coming home to ourselves so first of all it's kind of arriving um, where we feel safe Mm -hmm. putting things into perspective 
quite quickly in the moment to help us to then rationalize what we need to do. So I have a technique called coming home, which is a hand on heart anchor, where we're just bringing in everything that we've been giving out. We're bringing it back home. But grounding also can mean just sort of parking yourself where you are in the moment, which is where mindfulness comes in so beautifully and accepting as well. So it's about just sort of being there in that moment knowing that you are okay so it helps to manage the whirring of the mind if it's worrying about things in the future or things that have happened and equally enables us just that moment where we can feel we're gain, regaining control again and for me that was so vital that I did that because it would have been very, very easily for me to be re-triggered by the old traumas that I'd experienced, by the fears of what might happen to my babies as well. So I was regularly parking myself into the moment whenever I sensed the red flags were coming up, those triggers. Yeah. So I do a lot of work with parents around grounding. And hearing you talk about that, they're the skills that we need to go into parenthood because how much, yeah. you know, I know you know this, you've got a 15-year-old, I've got a 13-and-a-half-year-old, you know, I need to ground myself <laughs> with a teenager all <laughs> yes. the time and not spin into future tripping or worrying about what this might mean or reflecting on maybe I should have done it differently when she was a toddler, all of those. This, these are, this is what parenting skills looks like. Yeah, it really does. And the thing is, is that if we can do it for ourselves early enough, then it becomes easier to do because it's more conditioned. It's like learning new habits. And once they stick, they really stick. And that they can look different. We can have lots of different ideas of things to do. But equally, when we do it for ourselves, our children watching us, even when we think they're not, they sense everything, even from infancy. And of course, that sticks with them. And they can then carry that onwards into their lives helps with their emotional regulation when they're infants and equally when they're teenagers and you know acting like they really don't like you they're still learning they're still watching you they're still looking to you for for ways to help manage their emotions all of that especially you know I love how you talk about matrescence and of course we know it's very similar to to adolescence and of course we've got teenagers they're going through it and I look at them all the time and go oh yeah I know I feel it I remember it so let's do this and actually my 15 year old's really into mindfulness he's it really helps him and we do a lot of grounding and parking um, you know, the other day I had a real triggered moment and I was like, oh, and I name, I name, I note name all the time. So like, I'm feeling really angry right now. And he, he blessed him, just put his hands on my shoulders. He said, it's okay, mum, just do that grounding thing. And then when you're ready, let's breathe together. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, you got it. You've got it. it. And, you know, I know not all kids are going to be like that. And I have, do feel particularly blessed with him, but it's, it does, it makes sense, doesn't it? And I think this is when I'm starting to see all these years of relearning new ways of being has you know is taking effect it really is 
And I love how you've said relearning ways of being because isn't that the opportunity of matrescence? Isn't that what this can be? The thing that I hear saying, though, is that we learn to do this for ourselves. And I try to stay in the mind of my mama listener as I do these interviews and think about what she might be thinking when she hears these things. And I wonder whether sometimes that can feel too much, Sophie, to, Mm. to think, so you're telling me, as overwhelmed as I am right now with three kids under four or even just one kid. Uh, Yeah. And you're telling me that I need to know how to ground myself and I need to know how to be home to myself when Mm. I feel like I have to be home for everybody at the moment. Um, You know, part of me thinks, yeah, you're right. I don't want you to feel like you're doing this on your own but or you have to do it for yourself. But at the same time, you do have to know how to do this for yourself. Can you reflect with me on that? Yeah. Because it feels like we ask so much of these beautiful mamas when they're mm. already on their own so much, but it is about finding that place within yourself at the same time, isn't it? It's such such a poignant point. And it's one of the hardest parts of being a parent is realising at that point that you grow up and become a parent, no matter how many times you do it, that you have to learn to parent yourself. Mm. And even with as much support as you need around you, you will always have moments when you need to call upon that inner wise one, that inner parent in you. And so having a level of acceptance of that can be really helpful because it's a mindset shift rather than coming from a place of feeling desperately unloved and needing of love of which we all deserve and need and I'm not saying at all that that shouldn't be happening it's about how can I learn about my needs in in a way that I can address them really quickly and easily that enables me to feel held when I really need it most. Mm. Um, And as parents, the fundamental thing is that inner child that gets triggered in us so much, and that comes out really strongly in late pregnancy and early parenting and that matrescence time especially. It's the inner child that we are needing to parent in ourselves, the one that is really triggered all the time. And that can be very awakening, but equally very painful too. (laughs) And so if we can say to ourselves, okay, what is it that I need right now? It usually, when you kind of strip away everything else, it's usually that you need to feel safe, held and heard (laughs) and loved maybe as well. And if you can do that for yourself, then that often breeds confidence to then reach out and ask others to be able to hold you too Mm. rather than coming from a place of feeling nobody loves me this is so lonely and this is really really bloody hard and I'm not saying don't say it is isn't hard because it is sorry for swearing (laughs) it is hard (laughs) yeah but you know there is so much beauty in it too and I think you know I talk a lot obviously about tuning into the 
the hormones that we're gifted with, the power of the mind, how you know we can use that to really help ourselves as well. Where the mind goes, the body follows. We can get really creative. We can lighten the mood by doing that as well. Uh, there's all, so many little tools and tricks to help ourselves in the moment too. Yes, and they're all learned skills. Everything you're just saying, I'm listening, thinking this is something that we have to give time and energy to to learn because yeah. these are not skills we learn as we grow. We don't know how to talk to that wounded inner child. We don't know. I call mm. it the inner mean mama voice, that one that says, this is so hard, I can't do this, I'm terrible at this, all of those voices. Yeah. You're not going to silence those or overcome those and feel safe, heard and held without beautiful daily practices, learning yeah. from coaches like yourself. This is unfortunately beautiful, tired mama. It is something that you're going to have to find some time and people and tools to hold you through this. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right, yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So much of what I base my work on now is this holding ourselves accountable. But equally, you know what? This stuff feels good quickly. And yes, good point. And we're designed, you know, it's that little hit of, oh, that felt good. I'm going to do that again. And I'm going to do it again and again, because that was quite simple and easy to do. And so much what I do is about these kind of little micro moments that we dot through our day that enable us to, to feel good and feel topped up and in control. So yes, you're right. We have to learn them and we have to hold ourselves accountable for doing this work, but it doesn't take long because we're designed for it to feel good. You're right. So, the ego, the, the inner mean mama voice will say, that won't work. It can't be that easy. You know, if, yeah. you have your video on this morning. I don't because it's 6am and I'm still in my pyjamas. But um, I'm watching you as you speak. And when you were talking about grounding and the way you just kept bringing your hands back to your heart, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. when, when you're in the depths of messy parenthood, to be told putting your hands on your own heart and taking a breath in, it's like that's not going to work. It does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. The secret is in the intent mm. always. Mm. So as a hypnotherapist, a lot of the work that I do is based around belief, the use of metaphor and suggestion, visualisation, belief, and the more we believe, the more motivated we feel. Um. And therefore, the, the behaviours that we have change. So I, it is the simple things. I mean, one of the, the, the best things for me still with my boys is, is just to go and breathe them in, sniff mm -hmm. the nape of the neck. That moment of, it, it's like I'm instantly hooked again. I'm, it's my fix, you know. And it's these simple things. But I do it with intent and it feels so much bigger because of it catching yeah. yourself recognizing oh I need my hit right now I need to get myself back into the right place it reminds me of every time yeah. my youngest my little boy holds my hand and I'm probably days if not months away from him stopping doing this I've trained myself over the years to just notice that little hand in my hand 
And again, yeah. it's that little hit of, ah, oh, there it is. But that's something that you could miss over and over again if you don't set that intention of being grounded, being here, parking yourself, as you say, in this yeah. moment. Ah, oh, there's that little hand. Ah, oh, that's the bit. Yeah, and the power of sensory memory as well is so incredible, you know, and we can imagine how it feels to hold that hand and yeah. still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So one of my top tips is to use the power of your imagination to have fun with. If you are missing somebody or feeling the need to be with somebody and you can't be, just imagine them. Mm. Sensory, how they look, how they sound, how they smell. Mm. Yeah, all of it. And and it's very quick. If you allow it, it's another, it's with intent. Mm. So we can have a great deal of fun with it and it doesn't take long. No. You know, obviously, as moms, we're so busy. And the biggest thing that I hear is I haven't got time for that. But actually, you know, we can do it while we are meeting the demands of our children and the demands of the busy day, however that looks. It's just about, as you say, training ourselves to notice when yeah. we can have those opportunities. And it's taken me 15 years to get to this point that I'm still learning, as I said. <laughs> so I haven't got it nailed yet. You know, yeah. I need reminders all the time, but Did that's okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the purpose of matrescence, motherhood, parenthood is to nail it. Mm. I don't think maybe we can finish on this. I don't feel like yeah. it's about getting it right, is it? It's about growing and uh just coming back to that home, as you said, right at the beginning and learning how to do that for ourselves and coming back and coming back. One of my favourite quotes, and I share it in most of my work, is from the Hay House author Gabby Bernstein, and she says, I used to live in the darkness with flashes of light and now I live in the light with flashes of darkness. I feel Mm. that, I feel like that's what we learn to do. This isn't about being perfect it's about lining up with the light as often as we can, knowing that there's still going to be flashes of darkness, but we return to the light, like light being the place of home, feeling like we've, we're on top of it, feeling like we are seen, heard and held, trying to shift our mm. place of being into that more often than in the inner mean mama voice. That's all it is. Yeah. Definitely. We have to have the yin with the yang. Yes. We really do. (laughs) And that's okay. I think learning to embrace that in ourselves is a real strength. Yes. And then that's what we teach our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. On the good day. Yeah, exactly. Finally, just to wrap up then, um, if if you could speak to a mama right now who's still coming out of a birthing experience, uh, early parenthood where there is um, a sense of disconnection from herself, a mm. sense of trauma, a sense of I'm not getting this right, what would you say to her? Oh, there's so much in that. Find a way to reconnect with yourself. 
that might mean going and reconnecting with nature first mm -hmm. and then thinking about how you can bring your energy, all the love that you're giving out, everything that's experienced, bring it home mm -hmm. and think about yourself as compassionately as possible. Mm -hmm. So what would that inner wise one say to you? in those moments and also think about ways to release as much as possible yeah so if it is trauma-based then then it's important to release and process with intent so often a very good opportunity to help you to connect with yourself is actually going and talking to somebody else about the experiences that you're going through yes That's the first step yes no more self-silencing no more keeping it yeah down. It's important no. that she's heard. Mm -hmm, very much. Oh, it has been amazing to speak to you today. More of this, please. Lots and lots <laughs> more. Thank you for the work that you do. I hope we can continue having these conversations together for many years to come. Thank you. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Amy. I love what you're doing. Definitely. Thank you. You can only imagine how divine it would be to have Sophie guide you through the experience of motherhood, can't you? What a beautiful energy she brings to these conversations. I like to think of it as this balance between the nurturing mother we all need and the fierce advocate the world needs to change the way we understand and support new parents. If you want more details around Sophie's work, you can go to themamacoach.com. And of course, remember that all of these conversations are more than just birth, more than just preparing for motherhood. The grounding techniques, the mindfulness, the insights, if we get this at the beginning, we can carry this through our whole experience of matrescence. So no matter where you are in the process right now, whether you are preparing to be a mama or preparing for your children to leave home, these practices work. Thank you for being a part of this conversation, mama. We change the way mothers are valued and seen in our society and our world by bringing these conversations to light and spreading the whispers of matrescence. And so I ask you to be a part of this movement now. Speak to others around you about matrescence, about your experience of motherhood. Let's bring it to light together. To find out more about matrescence, go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash matrescence and receive your free ebook, The Matrescence Map, so you can understand it even deeper. Thank you for being a part of this. Until next week, Satnam. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.